0: On this episode of Out of Bounds, Dylan James, we talk about the Alliance of American Football League going down in a heap of flames with the Orlando Apollo's being declared the league champions. We also talk about who's to blame, the aftermath, and where will the players go from here. We also talk about the return of the Orlando Predators to the National Arena League this time, and see how they can succeed with the Orlando Apollo's folding in the alliance.
1: We'll discuss about a football league that isn't gonna be folding anytime soon, the NFL, as we discuss free agent signings, preview the NFL draft at Nashville, and discuss the Tennessee Titans' latest offseason moves. And in basketball, we preview the final four in the men, the women, the college players entering the NBA draft, and of course our beloved Orlando Magic clinging to that final playoff spot.
0: And speaking of the playoffs, did LeBron James miss the playoffs? intentionally. I have a conspiracy theory coming up later in the show. Also in the NHL playoffs, we're getting very close. They begin on April 10th. We have some teams that have clinched, but we don't know who those teams are going to play yet due to seeding reasons. We'll be seeing those and detailing some of the games to look out for heading into the playoffs. And we will also talk about the National Predators having the chance to clinch the Central Division crown for the second year in a row with one game left in the regular season.
1: We'll also talk about my Washington Capitals, who just recently won the Metropolitan Division for the fourth year in a row, and who are going to play in the playoffs? Pittsburgh? Columbus? Carolina? We'll have to find out. Segments also include football recap of the week, winners and losers, and our final thoughts.
0: Sit back and relax. This is Out of Bounds. Come on in, have a seat. Welcome to the show. It's Dylan and JT. We have a lot to talk about in the world of sports and some actual local news in sports as well that we'll talk about soon. Sad news for us. Because we were really buying into this whole idea of a developmental league for the NFL. And it went down in flames this week. But we'll talk about it more in just a few minutes. But welcome to the show once again. This is Dylan and JT on Out of Bounds. A lot to talk about, JT.
1: Yeah, Dylan. Uh, we had a lot of sports stuff to talk about. And our fans, uh, we know we missed you guys. We've been out for a month. Don't worry. A lot of stuff has happened the past month. Uh, according to our OB financial account, don't worry. We got enough money in the bank to keep this podcast going.
0: We will still be here. We are here. not
1: suspending our operations. We are not.
0: We're still so, here. We're in here for the long haul. So,
1: And uh, we did not retire. We did have some players retire the past month. Most notably Rob Gronkowski. Yep. me. And uh, we are having lots of fun. Bless you. Thank you. In Orlando, enjoying our nice sunny weather as we get ready for summer. Uh, Disney, who we work for. I announced I that deal with Fox, so that's going to be a big deal going forward for those guys. And uh, a lot of stuff's happened, but yeah, Dylan, what you been up to the last month? Spring break for basically the whole month, right?
0: Yeah, basically the whole month. We've been just working, working, working. Um, also into an Orlando Solar Bears game last night. They clinched a playoff spot in the Kelly Cup last week and got to see them win in overtime last night against the Atlanta Gladiators. My score of three to two, so fantastic job by them. Also saw my Nashville Predators play last night win up against the Vancouver Canucks with 19 seconds to go in the game. Ryan Johansson with a deflected goal into um, Vancouver's net. So we are riding high right now as the number one team in the Central Division, which is fantastic for us. Hopefully, we can win our last game and stay in that spot and clinch Central Division two years in a row which will be fantastic, but we'll see what happens with that. But, uh, yeah, we'll talk more about it during our hockey segment as well.
1: Yeah, for me, I've been pretty busy myself, working a lot. Uh, spring break, taking advantage of that extra money, of course, and doing school Full sale. I just started my introduction to sportscasting class, and that's going very well, learning all the editing highlights and watching sportscasters and making their calls and doing those great things. So that's very exciting for me as well. And other than that, I had fun at Kitty O'Shea's last night. Yes. Karaoke. Uh, our
0: old stomping grounds.
1: That's right. Uh, one of our close friends is going back home to Philly. So, wishing the best, And uh, but I had a good time. So, all right, guys. Let's get into it. Sports, uh, let's talk about the AF, or the Alliance of American Football League. AF. <laughs> I think well, it's the first that's, time I've ever heard someone how- say the AF. That's how Tony Kornhauser calls it. The AF. But I'm Perfect. like, that sounds like a short term for Aflac. Yeah. F. The Alliance. Let's but just say the Alliance. The Alliance Football League. Uh, me and Dylan were planning to recap the Orlando-Apollos big win this past weekend and preview their game for tomorrow against San Diego. But, unfortunately, Dylan... The league had some other ideas.
0: Yes, so the CEO, um, the brand new investor into the AAF, who was saying, I'm going to keep this league afloat. I'm going to be here for the long haul. We're going to put money into this league and actually create something very, very good, Um, a partnership with the NFL and the NFLPA. Tom Dundon, the CEO, chairman of the Carolina Carolina Hurricanes as well, um, decided to pull his money out of the league and to suspend football operations indefinitely for the alliance. Um this happened on Tuesday. We got tweets about it coming out on Tuesday. On Wednesday we got an official announcement from quote unquote the office, the front office, I guess you could say.
1: Well they said the board. The board, on the there you go, the board. But
0: I'm like, who's
1: the board? Who's on this board? He I don't know what board. person. <laughs> he is the
0: board. He put in two hundred and fifty million dollars. So he yeah. is the board. Up until this point he had put in about seventy million of his two hundred and fifty million dollar pledge Um, there is going to be litigation in this whole thing. I'm sure there's going to be court cases coming from the players, coming from the coaches, coming from the fans possibly too. Um, because they're kind of wondering where their refunds are going to come from because I mean, they have refunds for single tickets. They also have refunds for season tickets as well. So there's going to be a lot of craziness happening with the AAF. It's not over yet. Um, but as of right now, operations, uh, football operations has been, have been suspended and it doesn't look like it's going to be resurrected this year. Um, so, on the flip side of that, the Orlando Apollos were named the AAF champions of the season. They were, had a record of 7-1. to one. They were the only team in the league that only lost one game. And I believe the um, Arizona Hotshots were saying that they had some case to be the champions instead of us because they beat us. They were the only team that beat us or something. I don't know. Anyway, we're the champions. Sounds like a UCF argument there. That is all that matters. (laughs) The Orlando Apollos end on a high note, although it could be a low note at the same time. It's it's a very weird situation, and there's not much information coming out. Tom Dundon didn't send out the the memo to all the teams and such, Um, but the players, the coaches, even Bill Polian and Charlie Ebersole were all thrown off guard by this announcement on Tuesday, and the players were, were told about it during practice on Tuesday. They stopped practice, went to their hotel, their bags were outside of their rooms, and they were told to go home. They had to pay for their flights. The week before, I found out about this as well on Twitter, the week before, there was a $900 bonus in their checks for that week, preparing for this coming up week when they told them that the league was going to suspend operations. So they knew it was coming. Uh, Tom Dundon knew it was coming And people in that organization knew it was coming But the individual teams did not However And they kind of saw the writing on the wall But they didn't really um, understand it Until it actually came to fruition Which is an awful way for this whole situation to end Um, It was a a great product I, I think over the past few weeks We've actually seen some really good football In the alliance And that goes to show With some of the signings we've seen too Over the past two or three days of players from the Alliance going to the NFL, which we'll talk about in just a minute. But, um, you know, it's sad to see it go. I was hoping to see some playoff football here in Orlando. But I guess we'll just have to see – we'll just have to wait to see if Tampa Bay or Miami or something goes to the playoffs in the next few years. We can just go see them play.
1: Yeah, Dylan, just my thoughts on the Alliance. It was a crazy situation. Like you said, on Tuesday we got news on social media and everywhere that the league was shutting down its operations – and like you said, the the teams didn't know about it. Steve Spurrier, I was watching, I was listening on ESPN 580, he was saying, yeah, we're just going to practice, and next thing you know, they're telling me we got, we shutting it down. So I had to tell them to go home. And Steve Spurrier was, you know, surprised, just like everybody else was, because he thought from the original owners, Charlie Ebersol and Bill Polian, that we got the money, we got this, we're going to get through the season, and then figure out next year. And it just didn't happen. And... For the Orlando Apollos, it sucked because they were a really good team. They did very well this past season. Great players. Uh, Gary Gilbert, what a stellar season he's had. And we'll talk about him in a minute. He's going to the NFL along with some other former Apollo players. And the whole sad thing about the situation, Dylan, is the staff, the people who are actually involved with the organization of these teams, uh, the general manager, the the president of the team, the person doing ticket sales, the people working at the stadium, they all got to find a new job now. I have a friend that works for the Apollos and got group ticket sales, and she moved all the way here from Cincinnati. And now she's going to have to probably look for work in Orlando or back home because they don't have a job. They got laid off. So that's the worst part of the situation. And, of course, you mentioned the players leaving practice and going to the hotel room where their bags are all out in the lobby, and they're told, nope, you got to pay for a flight to go home. you got to do this. you got to do that. Even Johnny Manziel, who had just joined the league, what, two weeks ago, even said, hey, I know it's tough, guys, but, and I'm paraphrasing what he's saying, but every dollar you made in this league, you better save it. Cause we don't that last that long. check you
0: got is your last check. Like, you need to hold on to it How as long, long as you it's can.
1: It's going to be. And, I mean, for John Zell, it's awful for him because he got kicked out of the Canadian Football League. He jumps joins this league for another opportunity. It gets shut down. Now he has nowhere to go because we know he's not going to go to the NFL. And that's the other thing people are talking about, too, is the confusion. Like you said, Charlie Eppesall blindsided that. Tom Dunn decided to shut down the league. And people were saying rumors on the internet, oh, he wants that technology, the app, which he doesn't own. And then there was talk about, oh, the XFL, they were involved, they want to shut the league down. No, the XFL had no involvement in this. The XFL, the difference is, from what I see, Dylan, is the AAF struggled because they had so many investors, but they all had different agendas. Where in the XFL, Vince McMahon is calling all the shots. He's putting all the money in this league, his own money to try and make it work. And who knows if that's going to work out either. But for the Alliance, like you said, it was a great product, great football. The television was good. It just didn't have the money. And everything goes on money, Dylan. Without the money, you can't go far. I mean, hopefully, Dylan, because the end of the statement that Tom Dundun was saying was we're shutting down the league. We're going to cut the staff, laying off people. We'll have a small skeleton crew to try to look for additional investors and restructure the league. If we're successful the league may return for year two, which I doubt that because I'm like, if you're going to say that, why? Did you, because it was only going to cost me $20 million to put the league up for a couple more weeks. I'm like, why don't you invest that money, get the league through, get more investors that like Jerry Jones. We even hear he was interested or the owner of the Carolina Panthers. There were so many people that were interested in this league. Even Eminem was saying, I'll bring a team in Detroit. Let's make it happen.
0: Yeah, they were talking about expanding Uh, As early as last week, Charlie Ebersaw was on a radio show saying Detroit will be an expansion team uh, once we start expanding to different areas because we want Detroit to be in there. So we have seen that. We have seen interest. But the thing is, also, with this whole situation, if they do come back for year two, do you see CBS and NFL Network and all those networks that decided to sign on with this saying, yeah, come back, we'll put you on TV? Because at this point, they're... Prime primetime TV slots that those games were on have no one in it. And they have to fill that space now um, in crunch time because, I mean, tomorrow, like you said, tomorrow was the Orlando... Orlando uh, against San Diego. Yeah, yeah, so that was a huge game. So they have to fill time now with just random shows because the contract was not... Um, you know, just it wasn't um, thought out properly when it came to the Orlando um, Apollos and, and the AAF. So at this point, uh, you know, they they canceled their contract essentially with CBS and NFL. I think they have a, a sour taste in their mouth at this point. They have to. Yeah,
1: CBS Sports, Turner Sports, which is TNT, NFL Network, and of course, they were also on Bleach Report. Yeah. And I think that was a problem as well, Dylan. They are on so many channels, they didn't have a dedicated. Sports Channel, like NBC Sports, or ESPN. Like, were well, they going to get on ESPN Plus? But that was a good point you mentioned, that these television networks have holes to fill, and they're scrambling, trying to figure it out. And that's the problem, Dylan. With the XFL, even though they haven't announced a television partner yet, they Vincent Manson, he's got the money, it's going to happen, we'll announce it soon. And if the league was to come back, Dylan, I don't see these television networks picking up. It's going to have to go on somewhere like, BN sports. Or it's going to have to go to, a streaming based like YouTube and finding games in the game, like what the Arena Football League is doing, like we'll talk about in a minute. So, you know, it's crazy. Dylan. It's very unfortunate for the Alliance. Great product and everything. But in the end, they come short. But for the Orlando Apollos, they are the 2019 AAF champions. And it's worked out for us, Dylan, because some of the players, as you mentioned, they got contracts into the NFL once they cleared that whole situation First, the AF was like, no, they can't sign with the NFL. And then yesterday, late in the afternoon, okay, you can go sign now. Bye.
0: Yeah, contracted contracts were uh, terminated with the players and also the front office staff too. So they can also go find jobs themselves. But um, some players of note from the Orlando Apollos that actually got signed from NFL teams. Keith Reaser, um, he was a cornerback. He got signed by the Kansas City Chiefs. We have uh, Garrett Gilbert, who got signed by the Cleveland Browns. And we also have defensive end Andrew Ankra, who got signed by the Washington Redskins. So three p- players there, they got signed up by NFL teams. So that tells you how good of a product it was in the first place. That tells you that the AAF was going to work. It just had to take time. You had to take time. You had to um, be patient in this whole process. And they just weren't patient at all.
1: Yeah, that's the other thing we I mean, had the question was, I was saying earlier, if Tom Dunno could invest the money a little longer, you know, the league, like you said, was good, could have worked out. And I didn't understand when he was saying before the league shut down. Oh, I need an agreement for the NFLPA, and we want practice squad players to be loaned to the league. I'm like, so you're telling me that the strategy you had initially, which is from the original owners, not him, that you're going to get these NFL players, give them a second chance, give them a career, and now we're depending on the future of the league, on practice squad players that nobody knows? It just doesn't make sense. Why can't he continue to do the same thing? I tried to merge both. I just didn't understand that strategy at all, and it totally backfired. And I mean, for Tom Dundon, well, he kept his threat. He shut down the league. So now who knows if it's going to happen. But, yeah, Dylan, like you were saying, these players, some of them are getting opportunities. I heard uh, the quarterback from Memphis, the third stringer, uh, I can't remember his first name, but Silvers, I believe it was his last name, he's getting a tryout with the Jets and I think the Eagles. So some of these players will get opportunities, but then there's some that are going to have to just – Write it out until who knows the XFL comes up or the AAF revives in the future. Well, and you also
0: see the players that were on the teams like Zach Stacy and Trent Richardson. They had big names. I mean, they actually had names that people recognized. And you know, Johnny Manziel. I mean, Johnny Manziel was another big name too. So um, it, it's awful for those players. They had another chance to show what they have on national television, CBS Network, CBS. Um, NFL Network, uh, TNT, Turner, whatever, um, they had a chance to make their mark, and some of them did. And unfortunately, the league was cut short to where some of them couldn't show all they had to offer to these NFL teams. So hopefully some of these other players will get more opportunities. But the Orlando Apollos, once again, national the champions of this league, and we couldn't be happier about it.
1: Well, until the AF makes it official and actually folds, Orlando Apollos... Rest in peace. However, Orlando, there's good news. We are getting another football team in the arena. Excuse me. The National Arena League.
0: We're getting a new team, but it's actually an old team. It's a resurrection, as you will. It's the Orlando Predators are coming back. And they're starting their season very, very soon. Um, I believe it's this month. Yeah, April
1: 13th, their first game. And they're going to be playing the Columbus
0: Lions. you said there were six teams in this league, right?
1: Yeah, six teams. The New York Streets. I don't get that. I don't get that either. The Jacksonville Sharks, which I know them because they were in like a different indoor football league. Okay. So I heard about them. The Carolina Cobras, who were this season's or past season's champion. The Massachusetts Pirates. They play in Worcester, Massachusetts. And then, of course, the Columbus Lions, who was going to be our first opponent, on April 13th at the Amway Center. Wow.
0: All right. And you can get season tickets, too, starting at $100 for the— orlando predators so go check that out on their facebook page or their twitter their twitter is um, predators o r l predators o r l is their twitter handle so go check them out there and see if you can get some season tickets because it should be pretty interesting to see them come back they actually have claw come back as well he's the mascot for them so he looks like the predator versus from alien versus predator so (laughs) it's interesting yeah Anyway, let's move on to some NFL news, some free agent signings. We'll talk about the NFL draft and uh, some Titans offseason stuff. So let's talk about the free agent signings first. We've had a lot of big names popping up. Odell Beckham Jr. is no longer a Giant. We have Antonio Brown is no longer a Steeler. We have Rob Gronkowski, like you said earlier, he retired. So some big free agency signings, though. Um, Which do you think is the biggest signing of the offseason?
1: So, I mean, it's obvious, it's the, uh, well, it's not free and starting like, well, I guess sort of Oakland getting Antonio Brown, just see what he's going to do with Derek Carr, get that offense going, because you remember, Oakland was terrible this past season, and then, of course, Cleveland, they got a weapon now, Odell Beckham Jr., and the Giants, I mean, they basically gave up, uh, Cleveland gave him cupcakes, basically, to get Odell Beckham Jr., and I know there was a lot of criticism with the Giants organization, what are you doing? Why are you giving Odell Beckham Jr.? We couldn't get into a long-term cat track. And with Eli Manning going by soon, we can't keep him here forever. No. And there were some other big moves. Jacksonville made some moves. Of course, Houston making some moves. But I think that's obviously the, the big deal, especially now Dylan, as we post, the approach the draft because teams are starting to make moves. There's been a lot of rumors about Arizona. They're shopping around that number one pick. You know, they're telling everybody, we're going to take Kyler Murray. I Hard to believe because they've been shopping Josh Rosen around, but there's been no takers. Yeah, But I do think that Arizona is going to try to trade maybe King's Ransom, similar to what the Rams did when they got four players and when they traded to Washington to get RG3 way back when. I think Arizona is trying to do something similar to that. I think so, to too. To get some more leverage and more players to pieces to help that offense for Cliff Kingsbury.
0: Yeah, a uh, big player I think that was a huge free agency signing um, this, this offseason was... Tyron Matthew, uh, from this, the Houston Texans, going over to the Kansas City Chiefs because they need some stability in the secondary for the Chiefs because their offense is potent. We know what their offense can do, and Patrick Mahomes is leading the offense and taking charge. But in the defensive side of the ball, that was their that was their weakness the entire season last year. And I think if having Tyron Matthew come in. And the honey badger flying around in the backfield for the secondary, I think it's going to be huge. It's going to pay dividends for the Chiefs, and that's going to be a huge move for the Chiefs this season. So watch out for that. And also, Keith Reeser is coming over there as well. So
1: speaking of the Chiefs, they just announced. or I'm sorry, not Chiefs. The uh, Carolina Panthers they announced that they have reached a deal with the top receiver in the AAF, Rashad Ross. He's with the Arizona Hotshots, so he just signed with Carolina. Wow, so that's a big deal for them. Breaking as news. Well. Yes, so, Dylan, as we mentioned, the draft, it's coming up later this month in Nashville. So, Dylan, the Titans, I think we're in the middle, right, of the we're draft? We're 19th. 19th.
0: 19th right so now. So, who do you so. think the
1: Titans are looking at right now as far as draft? Like, we're looking at all it's linemen, maybe getting somebody on defense. Who do you think that's out there that might really help the Titans out in the upcoming season with the draft?
0: You know, it depends on who's on the board. So, I mean, I think that there's several positions that we should look at. Um, defensive end, I think that that would be somebody, uh, someone to come in to learn from Cameron Wake and those uh, the other players we have. Um, I think a younger defensive end would be great. I think that possibly a wide receiver, a big-bodied wide receiver that can actually jump up and grab the ball um, away from cornerbacks. I think that that would be fantastic, too. Um, uh, you know, I, I think we have some options at 19. I don't think that we have to necessarily, um, we'll have some options. I I, I really think it's not going to be, oh, let's just pick the best on the board because I think we're going to have some, um, several players that are going to be highly ranked at 19 because of some of the other teams' uh, options of pickups and such when it comes to draft stock. So, um to me I think the Titans should probably look at defensive end, uh, maybe even linebacker too just to kind of see what's out there. I'm sure we can get some young guys come in and learn from, you know, Wesley Woodyard and and Cameron Wake and and players of that nature. So I I think we we can do things like that. Um I think also they said tight end as well. Um since we have Delaney Walker, but we also have Furkser, we also have um, Johnu Smith. Johnu Smith played very well last year in relief of Delaney Walker. Not as good as Delaney Walker, but he's getting there. So I, I don't necessarily think we need a tight end, but we have options. I, I think that's that's the best I can say right now.
1: Well I know Nick Bosa is the best defensive end on the board, but he's gonna get picked real early. Yeah, he is. I mean, realistic for the Titans, we can get someone like Devin White, LSU inside linebacker, uh Rashawn G- Gary, the defensive end from Michigan, and of course Christian Wilkins from Clemson uh, defensive tackle as well so that's definitely an option for them and as far as tight ends go they can have a huge selection the best tight end right now on the board is TJ Hawkinson from Iowa so that could be an option where the Titans can move so we'll see Titans could trade down or the Titans if they get some crazy moves might move up to try to get somebody but we'll know on April 25th because that's the first round of the NFL draft. All right, Dylan, let's talk some NCAA March Madness. I know that was a big draw, meaning you were paying attention. Uh I don't know about you, but my bracket got busted in week 1 of the first round of the tournament. Yep. So, it didn't really matter. Uh, but uh man, there were some crazy games. The, the UCF Duke game. Oh, man.
0: Oh, na- nail biter.
1: Heartbreaker game in that situation and then I mean, there was a lot of close games. Gonzaga going down when... I don't understand what Gonzaga... Everyone's like, this is going to be the year. Gonzaga, we're going to go to the Final Four. No. Gonzaga never does it. And I keep saying the same thing to They play in a weak conference. Everybody knows that the West Coast Conference, the only competition to have what? Santa Clara and St. Mary's and BYU? Gonzaga's much better than them. And when they get to the tournament, when it gets close, they just... Cramp up? They can't get done in Texas Tech. Stellar defense. I mean, congrats to them and Auburn. Your boy, Bruce Pearl, former uh, Tennessee coach and UW-Milwaukee. <laughs> what a stellar job he's done with Auburn. And I, mean, I know Charles Barkley is very happy about Auburn and Cam Newton, of course, getting them for the first time in the Final Four. Uh, I watched Michigan State against Duke. That was a very stellar close game in Michigan State. I mean, how about Michigan State? The fact that they had to beat the top two teams, or not top them, but that was uh, Auburn. They beat the top two teams in their bracket, but Michigan State, who won the regular Big Ten title, they won the championship, yet still got stuck as a 2 seed to go play in the Duke bracket and managed to get through all that, beat Duke, and get through And in Virginia. How about an opportunity for Virginia, Dylan? The fact that, remember last year, they got bounced in the first round by UMBC Baltimore County, like no one heard of them until they shocked became the first team to knock out one seed. And then they started this tournament down against Gardner-Webb. And everyone would say, oh, no, here we go again. They're going to lose. And that coach probably lose his job. You get back-to-back years, not out in the first round. But they, Virginia, cruised by in their bracket, and they made it to the Final Four. So I think Dylan, great drama in the NCAA tournament overall. And a lot of close games this year. I'm looking forward to the final four games because we got some good games this weekend.
0: We do. We have some really good games. I mean, you know, and also with the Virginia, you're talking about uh, Purdue. They beat Purdue the last round mm-hmm. in the Elite Eight. And that was one team people thought that could possibly even go to the national championship, um, if not just the final four. So, you know, I, I think that that was a great test for them um, because Purdue is a very strong team a very defensive minded team as well um and so seeing that team go down that was a huge win by virginia now you have virginia versus auburn and then michigan state versus texas tech um Te- texas tech versus M- michigan state it's gonna be a very very tight game the entire game i think i don't think either team is gonna pull ahead at any point um but i think michigan state does have the edge over texas tech i think they have more skill players and i think they can they they can in the, in the stretch run, they can pull it out. I think they can do that. Um, we saw it against Duke. They won by one point. I think Michigan State will win against Texas Tech in this game. And then Virginia and Auburn, you know, Virginia's had a solid run so far, but they have not played a team like Auburn yet. Auburn is very physical, very tough, very defensive. And I think that if Auburn keeps the threes coming as well, they've been raining threes this entire tournament this year uh, if they keep those threes coming they have the same productivity that they've had throughout the entire process here um, they can win even if they had they're they're missing one of their key players as well I forgot what his name is now off the top of my head um, but they're missing one of their key players Auburn is so um, I think they'll rally I think they'll play for that kid and I think they can win against Virginia um, so it'd be really interesting to see a, a two seed and a five seed heading into the national championship game but I think that's what my my prediction is going to be, although I've predicted completely wrong for this bracket this year, uh, my best bracket ended up with 780 points on ESPN. So, and I had, no, I'm sorry, 790 points on ESPN. I had four brackets, four different national champions, and all four of those national champions are done in the tournament. So,
1: great. All right, the one thing I wanted to mention real quick before we talk about the the NBA, we do have the 2019 Women's Final Four just down the road from us in Tampa. And, of course, for the Women's Final Four, you got Notre Dame, UConn, who's, like, in it all the time, it seems. Baylor, who had the best defense in the country this year. And, of course, the Oregon Ducks down there. So that's going to be a very fun Final Four tournament down there in Tampa. And I think Baylor, who's been the top defense I think they will get by Oregon. And then, of course, Notre Dame, they will be in the best team all season in college basketball for the women. I think those two teams will be in the final. And I think Notre Dame, the women, are going to find a way to win another championship for them. So that is the women's Final Four and the men's Final Four prediction from Dylan and I. Dylan, let's talk about the Orlando Magic. That's the Magic been on tear. They've won eight out of their last 10 games they've done exceptionally well for the Magic this past season. And we won against the Knicks the other night, 114-100. And we are leading the Southeast Division, clinging to that final playoff spot by half a game over the Miami Heat. We play the Atlanta Hawks tonight. But I'm sure, Dylan, the Magic will find a way to win these final few games they have left to make it in the playoffs. So we'll get in. I think it'll be the first time since... What, I think 2010 was the last time I think the Magic were in the playoffs. So it's been a long time.
0: Yeah, for the Magic, it's been several years. And also with the East, I mean, we still have three three spots that have not been clinched yet in the East uh, as of right now. Detroit, Brooklyn, and Orlando are taking those last three spots um, with Miami and Charlotte still not counted out yet. They are still hanging on by a thread.
1: And we play Charlotte the last game of the regular season on yes, Wednesday. So
0: that might be a very big game for us. Um, but then you also look at the Western Conference, it's completely clinched. We have Golden State, Denver, Houston, Portland, Utah, the Clippers, Oklahoma City, and San Antonio, which none of those come as a surprise to me. Um, I think that we've had those teams in the playoffs the past few years anyway. So it's it's one of those things, the Western Conference, they have the powerhouses. Um, the Lakers, obviously, were not a powerhouse this year. We'll talk about that in just a, a second, but um, Golden State... Running away with it, number one again. Um, they have two games on Denver right now, so we'll see if they can end up the see end up being um, the number one team overall in the Western Conference when the season ends. But the playoffs are going to be very interesting this year. I think we'll have some we'll have some parity in this in this um, you know this championship race this year compared to what we've had the past few seasons because we've always had the LeBron James show in the East. And yes, the- for
1: once it will not be a Warriors Cavaliers final.
0: Which will be fantastic. We don't have we don't even have LeBron James in the playoffs this year.
1: Well, I know. Well, one team I'm definitely going to watch in the playoffs in the East has got to be the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. The Greek freak. Giannis I'm going to tumpo. I hope I said that right. Giannis, if I said it wrong, you kick me up on Twitter. The Greek freak. But uh, he's finally got a chance to carry that team. And now LeBron's out the way. They've been the best team in the East. And I think the Milwaukee Bucks will, at the very least, make the Eastern Conference Final. Now, who they're going to play, who knows? It could be Toronto. It could be Boston. It could be the Pacers. Even I know Oladipo's out, and it could be the Sixers. Yeah, so yeah. you can't ever count them out. So, I mean, I think Milwaukee's the best team, and they got a clear path to get the final. As of the Western Conference, like you said, it's stacked. It's not going to be my Spurs, unfortunately, especially with Greg Popovich getting ejected two games in a row now, and Mike <laughs> in the next game. I couldn't believe that. Barely a minute of the game, but he's getting ejected already. I'm like, wow. Yeah, that's Greg that's, Popovich for you. I know. That's that's who he is, man. But if we got stuck playing the Warriors. We're not beating them. Uh, Denver's one team I, I could definitely watch in the West that could cause some upsets. And as we mentioned, Houston, will they finally – I mean, they've beaten the Warriors three out of four times this year. Will they finally get over the Warriors this time around? We'll see, Dylan. But I think – the Warriors will probably come out of the West again, unfortunately. And Oklahoma City, I'm sorry, man. He, I, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, if you got to play Denver with those young kids, you're in trouble in the first round. I yep. just don't see it.
0: Yeah. It's going to be tough. So while we're talking about the playoffs in the NBA, um, another story I was want to talk about. So the Lakers, like we were talking about before, have been eliminated completely from the playoffs this season, which – It's due to the fact that LeBron James was injured for quite some time. He missed a few games, um, and he just wasn't himself in the games. He came back, and they missed the playoffs completely. So I think that there is a conspiracy theory involved here. I think that LeBron James, he has not missed the playoffs since his first season in Cleveland, which is incredible to think about. But when you think of that, he's... Had almost zero time to rest in between seasons. So he plays basketball up until June, mid June. And then after that, he rests for two, three months, maybe, and then goes right back into the next season. So I think what happened is with him being in Los Angeles, he has his production company now. He's making Space Jam 2 this summer. He's wanting to rest up a little bit. I think he just didn't give it his all this season because of those things. I wanted, because. At the same time, you have to think of longevity, of his career, longevity of his life, longevity of his film career. So you have to think of those things. In this situation, what's making him more money? What will make him more money in the future? His NBA career or his career he'll have with a film company he's working with right now and all of the filming he's doing with Space Jam 2 and things of that nature? I think it's the latter, At this point, he's made his money in the NBA so far. So I have a feeling that he's just doing this just so he can film his movies, do whatever he wants, get his entertainment company, had solid roots, and then get back into the league next season refreshed and just blow expectations out of the water and make it to the playoffs again.
1: That is some theory, Dylan, but it could have some truth to it. Could have some truth to it. Oh, and one more thing on basketball. Congrats to my Texas Longhorns for being Lipskin in the NIT last night to win the NIT. So that's great. We want something. Hopefully next year we'll make the big dance. Hopefully so. All right, Dylan. Let's discuss some hockey as we're getting close to wrapping up the regular season. The regular season, I believe, concludes tomorrow. So let's talk about the playoffs as the NHL playoffs will begin on Wednesday, April 10th, that's a few days away, Dylan. Uh, we don't know who's playing who yet because that's still being figured out in the playoffs. So let's talk about teams who have clinched so far. In the East, you got the Boston Bruins, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Of course, the defending Stanley Cup champion, Washington Capitals. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the Toronto Maple Leafs. Hey, I haven't had to say that for quite some time. Uh-huh. The New York Islanders. And then, of course, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes clinched last night. And Pittsburgh, the Penguins, they've also clinched. In the Western Conference, you got the Calgary Flames with the best record in the Western Conference. Tampa Bay, of course, won the President's Trophy, so they got the best record overall. Yep. Your Nashville Predators. Yes, sir. The St. Louis Blues, the San Jose Sharks, the Vegas Golden Knights are back in the playoffs. The Winnipeg Jets, the Dallas Stars, and of course, as of last night, the Colorado Avalanche. Everybody in the Western Conference is all set, like the NBA. So, Dylan with the potential matchups, it looks like you guys, at least as of today, recording this podcast, you could have a rematch with the Colorado Avalanche. Now, if I remember last year, the Avalanche just gave you some fits, but you're able to get through how you think your chances are if you're going to play Colorado or St. Louis. That's your potential opponents.
0: Yeah, so I think that with, with the Colorado Avalanche, I think they're a speedy team. I think that we have speed this year that we didn't have last year, especially with Rocco Grimaldi. We have Michael Granlund, uh, Mikel Granlund, I'm sorry, Mikel Granlund. Um, We have some really good skill players, too, and we also have bruisers as well. Uh, We have Austin Watson. He's coming back now, too. He's coming back in form. He's played the past two games. We've won the past two games. That's no coincidence there. He's doing some great things on the ice. Not adding a lot to the stat sheet, but at the same time, he is making an impact on the ice then we have other players like uh, brian boyle we have wayne simmons i think we have some bruisers to where we can we can punish our opponent as much as we want to on our fourth line especially um but then also score goals as well because we have our first line force first, first line is set forsberg arvidson and Johansson in the center um that's our first line solid first line they're not going anywhere um, second line, they've been kind of working through some things. We have Grandlin, We have Turris. We also have Smith as well on the right wing. Um, and our third line, it's um, it's been Benino Sissons. I'm sorry, no, Sissons. Um, Yarncroft? No, Benino is the center. And Austin Watson has been the third line the past two games. And then our fourth line has been Brian Boyle. Um, Kelly Yarncrock and Wayne Simmons, which that line could produce a little bit more. I think it's it's a slow line um, outside of Yarncrock so I think that we'll need to figure out that one, but um, they do some great things on the ice. I think that, again, it's not something you'll see on the stat sheet, but on the fourth line, especially Wayne Simmons, especially Brian Boyle, they're doing some good things on five-on-five, on five, um, getting four-checking, uh, getting hit acro- against the board, things of that nature, so I think that we'll do some good things against Colorado. If we do have Colorado in the first round, that'd be fantastic. If not, it looks like we might have Winnipeg. We might have, um, we might also have, um, the St. Louis blues, um, like we had a few years ago. So I don't know. I mean, at this point we just kind of have to pick our poison and kind of just game plan around that specific team. But All in all, I think we'll have a good first round. I think we can get out of the first round as long as we don't have the Jets. And then hopefully it has a matchup against the Predators versus the Jets in the second round, and we can avenge those losses we had last year.
1: All right, so let's talk about the team down south. The Tampa Bay Lightning finished with the best record in the NHL. I think last check it was 124 points they've had so far this season. And they are going to most likely play – the bottom of the East is still determined. It could be either the Montreal Canadiens, but realistically, it could be Columbus because they have two games in hand. Of course, we could play Columbus. But realistically, my Caps are going to play the Carolina Hurricanes or as Don Cherry called them, bunch of jerks. <laughs> but, Dylan, uh, the Tampa Lightning, how do you think they've done this season? And do you think they can go all the way in the Eastern Conference and get the cup?
0: They got two more points last night, so 126 altogether. Or 26. Um, but, I... I... I think they'll do well. If they play up against Columbus in the first round, they might have some problems because I think Columbus is starting to click at the right time. Um, that team can be scary. Yeah, they, they, have some... they got
1: Artarian Panarin and you got your boy, Seth Jones.
0: Yep. I mean,
1: that team is really good right now. For Duchesne, Columbus. And they the have. Goalie. Yeah,
0: Bobrowski, too. I, I think that, that team is pretty solid. Um and again they're coming into their own at the right time. We we have two more games left for that team. And not
1: only that, they have John Tortorella towards the coach, he used to coach Lightning, so I'm sure he knows how they like to play. So yeah, that yeah. team could give them trouble like you said.
0: I think it'll give them trouble. Um I, I think Tampa will do well. It's just that winning the Presidents' Trophy. Again, I mean, you do so much in the regular season. Um my friend Brandon, he's actually a really huge Lightning fan, Lightning fan. And uh, he was talking about, he's a uh, season ticket holder. He said, you know, the past few games I've been to, they just don't look like they're that interested in the game. They're not in it as much as they were earlier in the season um, because they have nothing really to fight for. They, they, they've already clinched the President's Trophy. they already clinched the best in the East. They've already clinched home home ice throughout the playoff. So they're, they don't really have much to play for right now. And that's the only thing about a team that's played so well in the regular season. The Predators last year, same thing. When we went to the Stanley Cup final, we were at the eighth seed in the West. So and we came all the way back and went to the Stanley Cup final. So you have to play with desperation. That's the biggest thing about it. I think that's the reason why the Predators are so successful right now. That's why they they're on a I think they're like on a 6-3-1 um tear right now and in the last 10 games. So you look at that, and then the reason why is because they're playing desperate hockey. And they're just punishing their opponents, they're wanting to get in the playoffs and have a a good first round, second round, and potentially a a very, very deep run going into the Stanley Cup final, Um, but, you know, Tampa Bay does not look desperate to me yet, so as of right now, I don't think they can make it to the final, simply because of the desperation level is not there, but again, it could get there day one of the playoffs, who knows, it's the playoffs, anything can happen, and any team can win it. But we'll see what happens when it, when day one comes around.
1: As I mentioned, the playoff push, the final spot will be wrapped up this weekend. It's either Montreal, who has one game left in hand, or Columbus. But I'm putting my money on Columbus that they're going to get through. And my Capitals, like I said, we can either play Columbus, which I hope we don't have for last year, <laughs> or we play Carolina. And Carolina, they've been in a stellar run. But I think the like Capitals, Dylan, we're just so good. I think we're really going to shut down... Carolina, we did beat them the other night, earlier this week, and they beat us earlier as well. And my Capitals, obviously, players you got to watch going into the postseason. Of course, Alex Ovechkin did very well, 51 goals this past season. I can't remember the last time when he didn't get 50 goals. He's only every year he gets them. Nicholas Eight seasons, Backstrom. right? Yeah, Nicholas Backstrom, of course, 22 goals. of Evgeny Kuznetsov, 21 goals. TJ Oshie. Now, the biggest loss for the Capitals – well, we have Tom Wilson, 22 goals, but I hope he stays out of trouble this time in the playoffs. After causing a stir last year in the playoffs. Uh, we did lose uh, Michael Kepney uh, to an injury. He's going to be out for four to six months. So that's going to be a big loss for the Capitals on defense. So the player we picked up in the trade deadline, Nick Jensen, is going to pick it up. Of course, Brooks Orpik, Christian Juice, those guys are going to stick it up big time. Carl Hagelin, he's done well since we got him from the LA Kings. He's got three goals, eight assists. So he's been a great smart pickup. He's going to really make a difference for us in the playoffs, I feel. And another player that's going to help, that's replaced. He replaced uh, Jay Beagle, Nick Dowd. He scored a goal last night for the Capitals in our win against Montreal. And he has eight goals, fourteen assists. He's done very well for us, picking up the slack there. And the Capitals, Dylan. I think we really got a good chance that we could make it to the East. Uh, maybe make it back to the Stanley Cup Final again. But it's going to be very competitive, of course. You can't rule out Pittsburgh You can never count those guys They're like a vampire man just like They're never going to die They're going to keep coming back I'm sure yeah. that's zombies But uh, <laughs> The New York Islanders Of course With uh, our former coach um, Our former coach uh, Barry Trotz So He's team plays Very defensively They're going to probably Play Pittsburgh in the first round I think they're going to get Pittsburgh a lot of fits Pittsburgh's banged up I know Malkin They said he's going to be back For the playoffs But I don't know Pittsburgh's been kind of Free falling We don't know It's going to be Tough for those guys, but I think Pittsburgh will somehow find a way. We'll probably get to them again. And if we do, we're going to probably play Toronto. That's who I'm thinking we're going to probably play in the Eastern Conference final. Mike Babcock, he just knows cut And now they got JT, John Tavares, not me. He's going <laughs> to be able to make the difference for Toronto this year. So that's who I'm thinking we're going to stack up in the Eastern Conference. So that's going to be a lot of fun in the NHL. Of course, you already mentioned the Orlando Soto Bears making it from the Kelly Cup playoffs. So We'll see how they do, Dylan. But very exciting times indeed. Playoff hockey, it's almost here. And you know what that means, Dylan. Every night, at least until it's like a final, of course, we're going to have hockey on every night.
0: Yeah, and also uh, another quick note before we get going to the next segment. Um, So we have this thing on on Facebook. It's called the National Predators Memorabilia Raz. And I did this actually two or three weeks ago um they what you do is it's pretty much like a a raffle you go on there and you say um i have this hockey puck that's signed by a specific player i think it's valued at a hundred dollars i'm going to put 10 spots on the board and just pick what spot you want and i'll say it's ten dollars per spot so they did that with a jersey that i had been looking for actually the navy alternates that we had for the 2010, 2010 2011 season for the predators and i bought two spots at nine dollars a piece. And guess what? I won it. Um, so I'm wearing the, that jersey, and I'm also wearing my gold jersey. I'll use probably the blue jersey during the away games, gold jersey during the home games, but I was very ecstatic to get that. So if your team has a Raz on Facebook, I would definitely try to check it out see if they uh, they have one for the Capitals maybe, even too. So um, it's, a, it's a good thing to, to check into.
1: Yeah, Dylan. Yeah, Dylan, that's something I'll definitely have to look into. And one more quick note to mention, Dylan, since we're talking about hockey. Next week in Buffalo... It's going to be the NCAA Frozen Four. So we have Denver, the Pioneers, taking on the Massachusetts Minutemen, in one semifinal. And then in the other, you're going to have the Providence Friars taking on the Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs. A lot of people dealing are picking Minnesota Duluth to win that championship. But another thing to keep an eye on.
0: Yeah, awesome. Very good. Well, let's move on into JT's favorite segment of the show. It's JT's Football Recap of the Week. And JT, the microphone is all yours.
1: Thanks, Dylan. As always, out of bounds, we're here to recap the latest from the beautiful game. And from our week recap, let's recap what happened. We had a lot of Premier League action this past week. So, on Tuesday, Manchester United, who was trying to hang out for the top four, they lost at home, or I'm sorry, not home, on the road in Wolverhampton, 2-1 at Wolves, and that loss was critical because it knocked them down to sixth place in the Premier League. Tottenham hotspur debuted their new stadium, very beautiful stadium. They win 2-0 on home against Crystal Palace. Real Madrid also lost this week to Valencia 2-1. This was Zidane's first loss as manager since returning to the dugout to coach the Galacticos. And of course, in the CONCACAF Champions League, which has happened the last couple of nights, Tigres beat Santos 3-0 on the first leg, and then Sporting Kansas City got their butts whooped 5-0 to Monterey on the road. So for MLS, it looks like it's time to put a fork in it, get ready for next year. All right, guys, let's talk about Orlando City, SC. Orlando City, SC's been pretty busy. They got a draw against Chicago, and then they lost to Montreal 3-1. Then we beat the Red Bulls. 1-0, and then this past weekend on Sunday, there was a big national game on television against D.C. United. And, of course, this was the first time you had Wayne Rooney going against Nani, his former teammate. And, man, it was a good game. D.C. United was up 2-0 with that stellar free kick goal from Wayne Rooney after controversial foul from Dom Dwyer. And then Dom Dwyer gets a header in the second half to bring us back in the game. But then they end up losing that game 2-1 so, Orlando City SC, they will have to redeem themselves tomorrow against the Colorado Rapids. The Orlando Pride, they have a friendly on April 7th, their last one before they get ready for the regular season. They will be hosting the Puerto Rico Soul in Orlando City Stadium before they get ready for the home opener the following week, April 14th, against the Portland Thorns. The Orlando Seawolves of the Major Arena Soccer League are currently on a five game losing streak after they lost this past week against the Milwaukee Way, 12-2, also following the loss against the Kansas City Comets, 76, which I was at that game, by the way, which eliminated them from the playoff contention for the Ron Newman Cup. Their final home games for the Silver Spur Arena will be against the Utica City FC next week on Friday the 12th, and Saturday, their last home game of the season on April 13th against the rival Florida Tropics. Now some soccer news. For soccer news, the Canadian Premier League starts their season on April 27th, makes debut for the top division in Canada. Of course, the Forge FC are going to take on York 9 FC, followed by Pacific FC against Halifax Wanderers on the April 28th. So excited to see Canada get their top league started going. Also, another league that's uh, already started already, the USL League 1 makes debut, and of course... The Orlando City B-Squad is back after taking a year off this past season. They were playing FC Tucson on March 30th, and we lost that game 3-1. The most other notable game was North Texas SC making a debut, getting a big 3-2 win against the Chattanooga Red Wolves. And there's been a lot of rumors this week about the Chicago Fire in the MLS. They're apparently negotiating a buyout for their stadium where they're playing right now in Bridgeview, Illinois, just outside Chicago. And there's talk that the minority investor wants to move the team back to downtown Chicago to play at Soldier Field, where they first started their season when they came to MLS. And there's also talk that if that does happen, as soon as next season, I've been hearing, that Chicago Fire is going to rebrand to Chicago City FC. Ugh, all right. So, some games to watch this weekend. Starting tomorrow, we got a lot of games tomorrow. DC United for MLS, they're taking on LAFC. You also got Juventus taking on AC Milan. Barcelona will be hosting Atletico Madrid. FC Bayern Munchen will be hosting Borussia Dortmund in Der Classica. And then, of course, April 7th, Sunday, you got Everton taking on Arsenal. And that, guys, will conclude my football recap of the week. Moving on to miscellaneous news the MLB
0: season has started. And Bryce Harper is killing it with the Phillies right now. They are 4-1, and one, um, their record is. And then the Mariners are actually coming out of nowhere. The Seattle Mariners are actually 7-1 on the season right now. Um, but it's early in the season. We'll see what happens. They have a lot of games to play. Braves are 3-3 three and three right now. That's all that matters to me. So they uh, actually played with the Phillies first, but the Phillies swept them in the series and the Braves have won 3 games in a row. So,
1: yeah, Tampa Bay Rays looking good right now. We're 5 and 2. They are. Uh doing very well, but of course, it's early and we can't get too excited right now. The Mariners are leading the AL West. So, that's very exciting over there out west. As you mentioned, the Phillies are currently 4 and 1 above the Mets, and then of course the Brewers, 6 and 1, and the Dodgers doing pretty well. Manny Machado carrying the the Padres, they're 4 and 3 right behind them. But as you mentioned, it is early in the season. Of course, Other miscellaneous news, former Iowa State and Chicago Bulls coach Fred Hoiberg has agreed to sign a seven-year, $25 million contract with Nebraska Cornhuskers. Dylan, I believe you want to talk about your boy, Jerry Stackhouse.
0: Yeah, he's going to be coaching the uh, Vanderbilt Commodores now. So he just got signed from the uh, G League. He was uh, an assistant coach there. He has not had head coaching experience yet, but he will be um, heading over to Vanderbilt to see what he can do with those
1: boys. That's right, Dylan. And the Arena Football League, yes, they're still around, guys. They are going to be playing their 32nd season, which begins on April 26th. They also added new teams, two new teams in the league this year, the Columbus Destroyers and the Atlantic City Blackjacks. So that season is or it's going to start pretty soon for Arena Football, now that AAF is on hiatus or folding or whatever. Uh, and the last piece of piece of miscellaneous news that was just announced today u.s. soccer the u.s. soccer federation and espn plus have reached an exclusive multi-year media rights agreement to broadcast all the games for lamar hunt u.s. open cup which is a tournament i do cover for the soccer website the um this includes the first round all the way through the championship game and this tournament starts in may 7th and of course the deal is a four-year deal So it goes until the 2022 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup coverage. All right, Dylan, anything else before we go on on winners and losers?
0: I think that's it right now. JT, I'll start with you with your winners and losers.
1: All right, guys. So my winner this week is Luna Bar. As Luna Bar, it's a nutrition bar, they are pledging to make up the roster pay gap for the U.S. Women's National Team. The U.S. Women's National Team, in case you haven't heard, they're suing the Soccer Federation for equal pay. And the U.S. women's national team has been pretty busy, too. They did beat Australia 42 last night, and they're friendly as they get ready for the World Cup, which starts in June in France. And also Alex Morgan, she scored her 100th goal uh, for that team as well. But yes, they are pledging Lunabar uh, $31,250 to each of the players who make the U.S. women's national team roster for the World Cup. And this amount is going to make a difference between bonuses that the men the men get, the, women's, the men's team, the U.S. women's men's team, excuse me, that they get when the World Cup. But as you remember, Dylan, the men did not qualify for this past World Cup, and they're busy trying to get ready for the Gold Cup this summer. But that's my winner. My loser is the Carolina Hurricanes Storm Surge Celebration. They say, we got to focus on our playoff run, so we're not doing that anymore, at least for this season. And, Dylan, they had some crazy ones. I saw one. They did duck-duck-goose around the middle of the ice. They did the the basketball one. Basketball one, one. Yep. yep. Which I saw that. And they did one with like the sticks. And of course, they do the, the Viking chant, which I'm sure he stole that from Iceland for the last World Cup. Oh, yeah. But it, it's pretty fun. It gets the fans into it. And Carolina, let's face it, Dylan, they haven't made the playoffs in 10 years. Yeah. And now Have they fun finally with it. get it. Have fun Why with not? It. Go with it, man. Do it. So that's my loser, Dylan. Who is your winners and losers this week?
0: My winners this week are all the players from the AAF who are actually getting jobs in the NFL. Um, Good for you. Congratulations. It's great that you showcased your skills on the Alliance stage and you capitalized on it. So you got some deals in the NFL, which is fantastic. Three players specifically from the Orlando Apollos and a few from other teams as well. well. And then also the loser this week is Tom Dundon for just um, being a jerk, essentially. Yeah, he put in $70 million. He lost that. And it looks like he'll probably be having to fork up some more cash soon, too, if these lawsuits come to be and things of that nature. Um, he might be paying out to some players, some coaches, and maybe also some fans. So we'll see what happens with uh, Tom Dundon. But, yeah, he's my loser for the week. And um, that's about it. So let's move on to our final thoughts. I'll start with mine first. So mine go out to our DVC welcome homies. We are actually 3-3 three and three on the season this year. And we've been playing quite well. We actually had a doubleheader this past week, won the first one 10-9, uh, and lost the second one uh, in a tight game, 16-11. to 11. Um, Went down to the final inning, and we couldn't come back from the five-score five, um, five deficit. But we've been playing pretty well so far, so hopefully we can kick it back into gear and have a winning season. We have four more games left in the regular season, then we go to the single elimination tournament. So I'll keep you guys updated on that information. So JT... What about you?
1: Well, my final thought just goes to talk about Bryce Harper. As you mentioned earlier, Bryce Harper returned to D.C. this past week as the Phillies were hosting or planning the, the Nationals. And, of course, the Phillies won, but the fans were booing him and all this, and that's to be expected. But I always felt like, you know, guys, he did a lot of good things for the Washington Nationals, you know, getting them attention, getting players. Yes, it didn't go deep in the playoffs. They only made it to the second round like my Capitals couldn't get the over the hump, but the Capitals did. But the Nationals, he did a lot of good things for them, brought attention to that fan base, and let's face it, guys, the Nationals weren't going to give him the money that the Phillies were offering.
0: Exactly. There's I- just
1: no way. And I, me, Dylan, I know people want to criticize athletes all the time, but I'm never going to blame an athlete that is going to get more money elsewhere than where he currently is, especially when, you know, you never we may not never get a contract like that ever again and you got to think about family or this or that i mean i don't know what's going on in Bryce Harper's personal life but hey i don't blame him if they're offering you that kind of money you take it cuz you never know when you might get something like that ever again
0: exactly i completely agree with you 100% um the fans shouldn't be upset about him because i mean of course they gave him some they gave, he gave the fans some really good seasons as a nationals player and um you got to get that money when you can i mean it, that's, that's the big thing is you have to think of insurance for your future for your family for your um, children for your wife you know whatever so um, kudos to him for moving on to the Phillies getting that money and I'm sure our friend Jake um, is very happy about having Bryce Harper on their team so thanks for listening to the show this week guys you can follow us on Facebook at out of bounds with Dylan James you can follow us on Twitter O O B podcast. You can follow me on Twitter, Dylan underscore James Instagram, Dylan James underscore F L as in Florida. And you can email me at Dylan out of po- JT. What are your social media handles, sir?
1: You can follow me on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at JT soccer 88. That's J T S O C K a 88. You can follow me on Instagram at JT soccer sports, and you can email me. It's JT at out of bounds
0: Thanks for listening to the show this week and we will talk to you guys next time.